everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Say it loud, Podcast Network, where black and brown voices truly matter. the esteemed honor of having the incomparable, the amazing, the oh-so-talented, the beautiful, the never-aging, <laughs> Stephanie Mills on Just a Thought with Sheree Nicole. How are you, Miss Stephanie Hi. Mills? <laughs> Hi, Sheree. Nicole, how are you? I'm good. I'm so happy to have you here with me, and the timing can be better because there's so much going on, mm-hmm. and I just want to jump right into it. It's, it's election season. Everybody's on edge. And um, as I reflect on what I'm seeing now, I still see very much a divided country. How are you processing what's going on with this election right now? I'm very sad that half the country is racist. (laughs) I mean, is listening to, you know, the outgoing president. You know, I I voted for Kamala Kamala and uh, Biden. And it's very sad that it's so close. It's sad that a lot of people feel the way they do. And I know if we were to sit down and talk to them, they would say they're not. But you have Mm. to be to follow him. You know, you really have to be. This has been a very, very, very trying year. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting you mentioned that. I I feel like there are some closet Trump supporters, like very much people that will posture in your face like they're quote unquote on your side. And then... I feel like the ballot box is showing us a very different side of some folks that we may see very often. Have you found yourself questioning some of the people that you're in connection with, not necessarily close to, but even in the industry? Oh, I have, my sister's a Trump supporter. Wow. And she's a Muslim. Go figure. How does that work? I don't know, girl. Don't ask me. But she is. and, and, And in the beginning... We had some very heated conversations about it. And then I said, you know, everybody has the right to vote and believe in who they want to believe in. So I left it alone. And now we can have conversations about it because I, I have my belief. I'm a Democrat. I, you know, I love being a Democrat. My son voted for the first time this year. So people have the right to vote to whoever they want to. But I know that I don't want to be under a president that is not a leader yeah, and, and is, is a racist, an out and out racist. And, and with that said, I would have to agree with you on that. And the thing that I'm concerned with as well is, and, and I'm not trying to beat up on black men, so everybody calm down. Okay. I love black men. Let's not, let's not think that, but I, I, there are several of them that I know that voted for Trump this election. And I'm having a very difficult time figuring out the correlation like, how do you follow behind someone who vehemently has shown via what he said, the different type of groups and extremist groups he's hyped up, that he hates you, essentially? Right. I think, I think it's because Biden is going to tax their money. And that's all they're looking at. Uh, Trump is not. And I, and I don't understand. And I guess that's why uh, he got uh, Ice Cube and Lil Wayne and Kanye with his crazy ass to go and do all those things. You know, I mean, it's just crazy. It's insane. Yeah. And I am encouraged though, by the amount of people voting, I think that this election really spawned this, this upheaval of young, hungry, excited voters that we, that I don't think we've seen in the history of this country, which is encouraging. I'm also very passionate about my people. What do we do when the ballots are counted? What do we do six months from now, one year from now, when the primaries come back, how do we need to galvanize and what kind of conversations do we need to be having so that we're not, we're not looking four years down the line and in the same position that we're in right now? No, I think we have to go and have meetings with uh, President Biden and, and Vice President Kamala Harris. I love saying that. <laughs> um, 
we have to out, we have to get those the Senate. We have to secure the Senate. I don't know how well we did on the Senate. I know I voted Democrat for the yeah. Senate. And we can't stop our feeling of what we need as a community. Yeah. You know, we have to stay on them. We have to stay on Biden. And the right people have to go in there and, and sit down and talk to them and tell them what our community really, really needs. Absolutely. And your thoughts on this on, on the crime bill conversation. I feel like politicians make mistakes. There's no perfect politician. And a lot of people, including the CBC, voted for the crime bill. I think people forget that. But I, I often hear that as an excuse for some people of color when they say they're going to, they voted for Trump. What are your thoughts on, first of all, how that bill has affected us as a people, black and brown people? And also, is there ever a point where we need to get, we need to really look at something, forgive, get past, and in some way trust our elected officials to do the right thing moving forward? I don't know if we can trust them moving forward. They really have to prove to us yeah. that we can trust them. Cause so far we haven't been able to trust them. Yeah. And the crime bill definitely affects Brown and black people. They put us in jail for a little bit of marijuana for 24 years. Yeah. What is that? That's crazy. And the system is very, very, very corrupt. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we have to get a lot, we have to make a lot of changes in the system as far as the police are concerned. I agree, it's the, it's the new slavery. And the sad part is a lot of young men and women who really need more mental health opportunities, facilities, treatment, they're getting neglected because our communities aren't receiving the resources they need. And ultimately we see them behind jail cells when they should be somewhere getting treatment for other issues. So Absolutely. I, it, it, it's, what do you say to that? I think, you know, I mentioned the other day, uh, Margaret Sanger who uh, founded Planned Parenthood. Mm -hmm. And it was set up to exterminate the black race. She went to school to be a nurse, but she didn't finish. So she set up all these plant, Planned Parenthood in the poor communities mm -hmm. to give abortions to black and Hispanics and things like that. So I look at the men in blue, I refuse to call them police because that gives them a lot of respect yeah. but i the men in blue as the new planned parenthood so to speak that wow. are killing us it's it's slavery they want to um uh, exterminate us yeah. and that's really how i look at it it saddens me because i i just don't see any change and you know we we have to march we have to protest we have to go to the ballot box and things of that nature but when i'm still seeing black men and women in particular being countlessly murdered by police officers. And even when they're not murdered, treated brutally for minor offenses, and some of them haven't done anything. It's hard Nothing. for me to process being Black in America and wake up okay every day. How are you handling this in, in mentally and emotionally, knowing that really this is the reality we're in right now? Well, you know, in my career and in the entertainment business, I've experienced that so much. Mm. Till I knew that it was a very racist system yeah. from way back in the 80s. And you navigate through it. But as I've gotten older, I refused to. And a lot of it was done by Black people. Mm. Not just white people, but our own uh, showing prejudice to you as an artist. So I, I, and I'm a praying, I had a praying mother and I'm a praying person. So I just have prayed myself through it. I've, you know, I've done things around my house that I wasn't able to do because I wasn't here and I like having things done and I can kind of supervise and everything. But I just, I, every day I pray, I get up, I work out. I refuse to be sad. Sometimes it's hard and it's exhausting. This year has been, I'm a performer, I love to sing. I haven't yeah. been able to do that. They've taken that away. How do you, as a creative, as an artist, because it's not, and I need people to understand this. Like I'm not a singer, obviously, but I am a creative. It's a part of your being, it's a part of your soul. It's like breathing air. So essentially you have artists like yourself who are suffocating in a way because you cannot express in this way. How do you, how have you been countering that? And also, how are you dealing with the reality that this may go on well into next year? 
Um, I sing every day. Marvin Sapp, honey, he has gotten me through this. Marvin Sapp, John P. Key, and I like Lucky Day. I like uh, Shoulda, Lucky Day that uh, Babyface did. And I've written a song and I'm finishing a book. I've written two songs actually, and I and I and I'm finishing up my book about raising my son well, with Down syndrome. Mm -hmm. So I've been trying to keep myself busy, but there are days I just don't want to get out of bed, but I have to. I yeah. I refuse to like. Oh, I'm just gonna lay in bed and no. I get up, I exercise because I I said I'm gonna look better after this. <laughs> coming out of this no and if it goes into next year i'm okay you know i mm. it what what can you do you know i'll still sing every day i'll still work out walk and run and and do my pilates and just try to be as positive as i can you know yeah what was the biggest muscle that was stretched for you amidst this pandemic something that you may have stopped doing but you picked up again something that challenged you in, in a way that grew you this year despite all of the the downturn that we've experienced because of covid my writing mm. writing writing songs my writing i i became more creative i uh became more of aware of my being of who i really you know, who I am and, and being proud of it and being happy of it, not being afraid. And, and I'm just, I'm really, I feel like I'm a true woman now, you know, wow. I've, grown, I've grown into my womanhood because there's, there's a difference between being a woman and a young lady and a girl. Yeah. There is a big, big difference. So I've really grown into, and there are things that I thought about that happened in my career that I'm okay to talk about now that I wasn't before. So it's been good. It's been really good. Wow. What is, what is one of those things that you were hesitant to talk about then that now you're like, here it is. This is what, this is what time it is. When I was signed to MCA, uh, Ernie Singleton was head of, uh, was vice president, I think he was. I can't remember if he was vice president, but anyway, we went out to lunch one day and I was telling Ernie that I wanted to do a Christmas album and then I wanted to do a gospel album and then I wanted to do a Broadway album. And he sat there and he told me that I wasn't a big enough star to do that. Wow. So, <laughs> and everything that we would do, you know, Cassandra Mills was my manager at that time. And everything that we would do, if we did special effects in my videos and everything, he would change them. And when I would see them on BET or, or Soul or any of those, they would be different. <laughs> so he totally, wow. he totally kind of worked against me during that period, during that whole time. How do you handle that? as a black woman in the industry, not just, not, you're a woman, that, that's hard enough, but a black uh -huh. woman in an industry where these things are happening, how much can you speak? How much do you have to hold back from speaking? Back then, I wasn't the person I was now, but I did go at the time, my manager was uh, Alan Kovac at the time. Mm -hmm. And I went crying to him and I was like, he told me, and he made MCA give me money for my Christmas album. He made them give me money for my gospel album, all of that. And it was wow. funny that Alan Kovac did that. You know, here's a white Jewish man telling them that they have to do it. And here's a black man telling me I'm not a big enough star. You know what I'm wow. saying? So it was really, it was heartbreaking because they tell you a lot of things. And if you believe a lot of the things, and there's so, and there's so much corruption in our industry yeah. that you don't even realize you don't realize until later like certain songs that were really for me but because the executive wanted some of the royalties it didn't get to me you know there was a yeah. lot of that going on so we go chauvinism <laughs> racism which still yes. very much exists right now oh yes <laughs> how would you advise black women in this in in whether it's music television movies whatever how would you advise them on being able to maneuver through that i mean we look at meg the stallion and what happened with her and tori lanes and some other stories of, of black women really being in situations where you know they were either attacked in some way whether verbally or physically high, or even like musically creatively like you said 
what's your advice to, to the women now who are trying to accomplish what you've accomplished? I think they should get into therapy. I think they should get into therapy. And I don't think any woman should ever allow a man to mistreat her, let alone shoot her. That's just insane. And I think that these women should stop feeding these men sex and feed them their mind. Mm. Um, sex doesn't keep a man, doesn't get a man. So you should feed them your mind, feed them stories, teach them how to read. There's a lot of them out there that don't know how to read. Teach them how to read, teach them how to do things. But therapy, find you a good therapist. And also I reached out to Megan Estaniel. I DM'd her when that happened because wow. I wanted her to tell, I wanted to tell her, stay away from that guy. Stay wow. away from him. He's not, he's toxic. It's interesting that you say, you know, feed him your mind. It's almost reprogramming. We're both recalibrating. I'm recalibrating how I present myself to a man. And then I'm then forcing him to recalibrate how he receives me. So do you think part of this is, is communication gaps and work needing to be done on both sides? I think there's work needed to be done on both sides. I think that women have to know their worth. They have to know that they're enough just the way they are. They don't need bigger derrieres. They don't need bigger breasts. You don't need lips all the way out to here. You don't have to puff your face up and all of that. You don't need all of that. Yeah. And if he needs all of that, then let him go get that. But you should be really true to who you are. And respect is everything. Men, men I think, want respect and women want love. We want to be mm -hmm. loved and we'll do anything to be loved but we have to love ourselves first Absolutely. and we have to love ourselves more so i and i think when you're when you're a single like i'm a single mom but i have a guy that comes and does handy work and helps put together things outside my home then i have a guy that i go to lunch with i think when you're single you should have a guy to do one thing and another guy that does another so is thing that is that dating or is that just these are your friends how would you how would these you describe are my friends. that <laughs> these are my friends these are my friends and they serve a purpose do you, you think, know, do you think, think men and women know how to be platonic in this generation? Oh, yes. I've had a lot of platonic friends. But men always try. They always try. But you have to say no, 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 no. We're going to be friends because friends last forever. And sometimes once you cross that line, it messes up the friendship. Yeah. You know? So I've been there, done that. And that's why I can say I can truly... Even if I'm hot for him, even if I'm like, oh man, he's fine and blah, blah. I still would want to sever that. I mean, save that uh, friendship. Yeah. And it's interesting you say that because one of my guy friends was like, no, no guy <laughs> befriends a woman he's not attracted to in some way. And I thought that really? was an interesting, that's what he said. I thought that was an interesting point. And then I'm sitting there like, so does that mean you're attracted to me? Like, this is weird. But um, yeah, so that's, that's interesting that you say they always try, but I do agree with you. Once you step over the line, it's very difficult. Unless very you difficult want to, unless you want to do that. But I, I would prefer just, you know, being friends because I have my son and, yeah. you know, but I, I like having guys, you know, to do certain things. You just, you know, you can have guys just do certain things. Yeah. And, and you mentioned earlier about, you know, coming into your womanhood through your writing. And I wanted to ask you, when were you truly settled into, I'm Stephanie Mills, I'm sitting, I'm sitting 10 feet tall in who I am. I'm unapologetic about my choices. This is me. If I have an issue, I'm going to tell you whatever needs to happen. I'm going to make it happen. When were you, when did you find your courage to sit in yourself? When I was like 50... 55, 50, around 54, 55, I was tired of the mess, you know? And I was like, this is just who I am. I, I was tired of trying to be something that I wasn't. And then you meet, you because for a long time, I didn't have a manager because mm -hmm. I just didn't trust anybody. And I was, you know, I had an assistant and I was done. Then I, I didn't want to deal with that. And so I had someone help me and, 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 and they, uh, they, uh, stole money from me and I had to uh, deal with that but I'm very happy in who I am and where I sit and 
and and what I project because what I project is is organic. It's yeah. not pretentious. It's not to get get a uh, press or anything like that. It, it it's organic, and I and I don't care. I, I'm not trying to hurt anyone's feelings, but if yeah. your feelings get hurt and it's the truth, then I can't help that. Wow, I, I'm still trying to get there, uh, Miss Stephanie Mills. I'm you know <laughs> at, at 34, I'm I'm struggling take, a little it bit. Takes, but. <laughs> it takes a little while because. When you get there, you're standing alone. Like some, you may have some Negroes that'll be like, oh, I'm with you, I'm with you. But when you get there, you're standing alone and you'll see a lot of people distance themselves from you. Mm. Because there's still a lot of scared Negroes out there. It's it's funny you say that because that was going to lead me to my next question. You are, you know, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, he's, he's like a father to you. And yes. you've stood by his side, regardless of all of the skeptics, regardless of all of the criticism. Where do you think he fits into this current time with the pulse of this country and the world and the state that it is in? What, are, what do we need to hear from him that, that some people may be reluctant to hear, but need to be having open ear and heart to hear from him at this time? I think he said it July 4th. You know, he said what he meant. I can't speak for him on, on that, but I know that he's disgusted with what's going on, yeah. you know, and he feels, I could say this, Pop feels that we should have our own. Yeah. We should take our dollars and put it in a, our own community, have farms, grow our own uh, uh, food and, 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 and buy black. Yeah. I know that he feels that way. I was watching um, Ice Cube's interview with uh, Selena Johnson and the hosts and, and Vivica Fox and Lisa Ray McCoy and Claudia Jordan on their show, Cocktails of Queens, on Fox Soul. And they interviewed Ice Cube and he was talking about his plan for Black America. And, you know, I'm sure he's well-intentioned, but it was raised, the attention was raised by Selena that, hey, this, is, this has been done before. The Nation of Islam has put this out many moons ago. This is nothing new. Why do you think there's been kind of almost a disregard for the fact that this actually happened and then we fast forward almost 30 years and all of a sudden this is new now? Ice Cube has brought something to the table that is brand new, no one's ever seen, everybody jump on the bandwagon. He has not brought anything to the table that's new. And how can you have a black plan when you don't have a black woman? He didn't have Maxine Waters there. He didn't have Keisha Bottoms there. He didn't have Stacey Abrams. He didn't have Pops there. He didn't have Reverend Al Sharpton there. Who was at his table? Who was at his table? I, I was confused by that as well. I, I didn't yeah, understand. He was, I mean, who, who was at your table? Man, come on. I think that uh, he went and had a meeting and wanted to be the savior, but nobody chose him to be our savior. What does a savior look like for Black people right now? Or does it, is, it, is it even one person anymore with the state of where we are now? I think a savior looks like Farrakhan. Mm. for black people like pops that's who our savior is that's who we need to listen to i i I listen to even um, if we don't agree even if you don't you don't have to agree with everything he says but he pops loves us through our faults through whatever and he's been consistent all these years you mm -hmm. know so i think we i think people should really listen to him I think it's important you say that and, and the part about you don't have to agree with everything. That is right. the biggest thing that I feel like from a communicative standpoint, we need to do as black people. Just because you don't agree with everything doesn't mean you can't offer a listening ear to someone because you never know what you can walk away with. If someone's right. intention is to educate, enrich and enlighten you, I think it's worth the listen. You take from it what you can and you move along, but we have this resistance to stuff because we don't lie in agreement with it or so we think, and we miss opportunities to progress because of it. I think so. And, and people are afraid to align themselves with pops and then they're, they're missing out on such knowledge that will help them and carry them through. I've been able to carry through and stand on my own because of my teachings that I've learned from him since I was 16 years old. So, you know, I don't understand why we're still so afraid to do the things that's good for us. Who can stop you? Only, I only think God can stop you. Do you think we don't know anymore what is good for us? Do you think that's part of the problem? We can't recognize it? 
I think we've gotten away from dignity. I think we've gotten away from respect. Mm -hmm. I think we're following white women. Black women are following white women to be black, if that makes any sense. Mm, expound, expound on that. That's an interesting point. We're following black, white women that are getting their derrieres pumped up and their lips to look like ours. And then we go up and turn around and get our derriere bigger mm. and our lips bigger and our cheeks bigger. So you're following a white woman who's trying to look like you and you already look that way. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. You understand? I, I, we're so, I, we're confused. We're confused about who we are and what our power is. Yeah. I was told that in my early career, oh, you have to, don't sing so soulful or, you know, straighten your hair. I was told to take my braids out. I was told people are not going to accept you with your braids. Really? Was this recently? When was this? Yeah, when I first put my braids in, because I, I was like, oh, I'm going to rock this. Oh, no, you should take your braids out when you do interviews. I said, watch me. <laughs> Wait a minute. Somebody told Stephanie Mills to change her hair. Let's start there. Let's start there. With, with everything that you've done. Because I this... look too, they said that, they said I, I'm looking too radical. With I'm braids. I'm looking a mimosa while I'm talking to you. So with your mimosa, with my tree braids and your box braids, we must be having just a really radical time right now. We must both be radicals. <laughs> right. right. I, you know, I'm like, hey, man, I'm not trying to be anything but who I am. And if people don't accept me, people have really just welcomed my braids and everything I, I and it's such an easy way and i don't have to be in the the salon for a hundred hours <laughs> oh man it's just life is beautiful <laughs> i think they're dope and i think you look like you're 20. so i need you to explain oh. i everybody i'm not even joking when i first met stephanie mills this might have been two years ago i was like what are we doing she looks <laughs> my age what, what what is the secret what is the secret? You know what I think the secret is? I don't deal well with bullshit. And I, um, I don't allow a lot of toxic people in my life. And I'm a, I'm a prayer. My mother taught me well. The things that she said to me growing up, I still remember. And I follow my instincts. Mm. And I get facials. I get facials like every six weeks. And uh, I just try to take care of myself. I'm not perfect, but I just try to take care of myself. But I must say that it's my genes too. My aunts and stuff looked young too. Wow. And, and you talk about no, not taking any BS off of anybody, which leads me to my, my next thing. I mean, you're also a mother. Your son has special needs. You have, there's a lot of attention that's required with that. How do you balance, you know, the industry, everything that happens that's required of you, Stephanie Mills, the artist, versus having to be Stephanie Mills, the mother, having to be very present and making sure that that relationship is, in, is, is enriched as well. How do you balance that and still make sure that you're not overstretched or stressed out? My son is first, no matter what. Mm -hmm. He comes first. Um, I do have help. Like, he's homeschooled. I have a teacher that comes and teaches him. Um... My cousin comes over. Uh, now that he's 19, you know, he's very, very independent. But I knew, you know, from having him from a baby that it was going to be work and, and, and challenging. But I welcomed it because he's just everything to me. He's just, and now he travels with me. I don't leave him. He travels with, he goes everywhere with me. Wow. Uh, and it, I just, I, I have accepted the challenges and that's what mothers have to do. If you have a special needs baby, they're special, they're special. It do, and, and they just do things a little slower than everybody else, you know, but he's been just a joy. He's been such a joy. So you mentioned that he's stretching his independent muscles yes. more. So, so what's, what's one or two things that mom has tried to do with him recently or him coming into his own? That he's like, no, nah, mom, I'm good. I don't need you for that no more. Well, that he doesn't want to be bothered with. He has a man cave that he stays <laughs> in with his computer and his phone and his iPad and his everything, every other gadget. 
And the other day I was, I was kind of upset with him. I was like, Farad, make up your bed. And he was mouthing. I said, say one more word. And he said, word. I said, boy, I'll kill you and make another one. <laughs> look just like you. And he looks at me. He knows that crazy look when I get, he knows. I said, boy, you better be quiet. I treat him just like he's a normal teenager. And he acts just like, I don't give him special needs. I don't allow anyone to treat him different. When we're on the road, he pull his luggage just like anybody else, helps out. He's amps my manager's assistant. He goes to sound check. He works. So I, he, nobody treats him special. I don't allow them to like baby him. No, he's not mm -hmm. fragile. And he's got, he's got a book, which yes. is amazing. Yes. Tell me a little bit more about that. Well, his teacher, after they would do the work, she would let him write because he likes to write. So she told me one day about a couple of years ago, she said, you, your son really likes to write and he's good at writing stories. I said, okay, put something together and, and, and let me look at it. So then um, she brought the book. They had finished the book. I was like, this is really good. I said, for, his birthday was coming up, which is in February. And I said, Farad, I will publish this as a birthday gift to you. Wow. And that's, that's what we did. So I want to go back to the music just a little bit because we were having this conversation a couple of weeks ago. And I was trying to calm my own spirit, okay? No shade to those who are doing music now. But I do feel a bit disenchanted with the messaging and the regurgitation of the same noise with music today. Your thoughts on music today. We can go R&B, we can go hip hop, we can go overall, just your overall thoughts on music right now. My overall thoughts on music right now is that I don't think that any of it will be able to, we'll be listening to it five to 10 years from now. Some of it, we will, but you know, they've almost like smothered R&B. And uh, you know, like I like Lucky Day, Mm -hmm. I love uh, Jasmine Sullivan. Mm -hmm. You know, I love her. Yes, one of my faves. Uh, yes, I love her. There's, there's quite a few people I, I, I still listen to and I like, but the quality of music and what they're saying is not like it was back in the day. No. A lot of this music, you're not even going to hear next year. <laughs> yeah, and that's, and that's, um, that's my thing. It's like, okay, I understand the trends are changing. The times are changing. So the sounds will change. That's the history of, of music. But right. the messaging, when you all, in, in, in your time and before, when you all talked about things like sex, maybe a little weed here and there, there was a way that you talked about it. There was still some storytelling behind it. I don't get any storytelling anymore. I'm devastated. Everything is so crass now. Everything is so right in your face and, and, People are naked and they gotta lick each other. I mean, I just don't understand that. I don't understand why you have to take off your clothes to get attention if you're singing a good song. You don't really have to have to do that, you know. And I never wanted to be one. I mean, I've done my last night video with my bikini on and all that, and but you know, nowadays it's real. What they say in these records it makes me embarrassed, and I'm 63. So I just, and, but we have to go back to, you know, Pops said something very interesting, you know, most of the time when I'm listening to him and he says, a woman is a reflection of a man, mm. how she, how she projects herself, how, and, and, and he said, when you're feeding a man sex, that's not going to keep him. He's going to, when you leave the house, he's going to go next door and get some more sex. And that's true. It's like these women are feeding sex in their videos, in the way they dress. Everything is true. There's nothing you can, I get sick of seeing somebody's behind in boobs. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, do I have to look at this again? It's just, it's, it's a lot. It's really, a, really a lot. And I think we should go back to being less is more and, and keeping something to the imagination. There is nothing to the imagination anymore. Yeah. Do you think part of this pattern has anything to do with, I will call it the degradation of the black family structure in particular, the lack of mentorship and social media? Because we see a lot of clout chasing on social media, thirst trap, as I like to call them posts, where people, that's what gets the likes. So people continue to push out what gives them instant gratification versus thinking from a holistic standpoint about, okay, I put this out now, but two months from now, this could, this could backfire for me. 
I think that, and I always said this, people that look at people on social media and they post in a lot of things, a lot of those artists don't own those homes. A mm. lot of those artists don't own those cars. Now, some do, but a lot of those artists do not. And you're chasing something that's not real. You know, five years, 10 years from now, will those artists live well? It's not how you live well, but how long you live well. Wow. There's a difference. You know, so you could buy 30 cars, 50 cars, 60 cars, buy a bigger house. But will you be living in that house five, 10 years from now? Wow. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I think you can't, you can't chase the Kardashians. We don't know how much of that really is real. You know what I'm saying? I mean, who wouldn't look like that if you had 10 people helping you get dressed and putting on makeup and blah, you know? Yeah. I, I just think we put, we give that too much credit and all that jewelry is not real. It's not real. Y'all, I want to tell you that jewelry <laughs> is not real. Okay. So, <laughs> so look, don't chase that. It's not, it, it's not, you know, it's not real. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? And how have you continued to apply it in your life and or, you know, professional life or personal life? My mom is my hero. My mom and my dad. My mom was a piece of work. She took no prisoners, baby. And she always told me, Cookie, because my family called me Cookie, Cookie, don't ever look back. And she always said, and this is so true, pay attention to what somebody does, not what they say there's a difference. It's like a man. If a man wants you, he's going to show you in a lot of ways. So women should pay attention to what a man does and not what he says. That's very, wow. very important. Yeah, and I've taken can... that in my, in my career and in my relationships and everything. And I always tell my son, Farad, you go where you're, you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. Yeah, that's so true. We think that just because someone allows us in the room that they want us there. No. And sometimes that's, that's oftentimes some, you know, in, in particular instances, that's not the case at all. But I think we move, especially now we have a pandemic going on and all these things. People are trying to figure out ways to just cope. People are trying to figure out ways to make a living. We move desperate, which means we accept behaviors and things from people that Maybe if none of this was going on, we'd probably be like, get out of here. I'm not going to do that. I'm not doing that. But I just feel like there's an air of kind of desperation happening right now. And you should never, ever do anything when you're upset and when you're desperate because you will do anything. So never make a decision. I've never made a decision, decision out of desperation or when I was upset because you make the wrong decision. And women, you don't have to be desperate. If a man don't want you, there'll be another one to come down. And what we really have to pay attention to is God is the best knower. He really is. Because there have been situations where I may have liked a guy and it didn't work out. And maybe we stayed friends. And then I realized that nigga would have got on my <laughs> nerves. I would have divorced him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I I'm like, thank you, God. Oh, my God, that this did not work out because he would have got on my nerves. So I think we should pay attention to that because God really is the best knower. And if, yeah. we just, if we just hold on, he'll make it clear to us. And it's tough. I'm just, as a 34-year-old single you black woman who, that's what y'all say, but you know, I want to I wanna, I wanna have a family. Stephanie, I want to have a, a setup. You know, I, I've been working so hard on my career, but I, my parents have been married for 35 years. I'm the oldest of three girls. Both my younger sisters are married. One has two children. I'm watching my family members that are my age get married, build families. And it's like, man. And I'm looking at the slim pickings in my age group and my generation. And I'm like, when, when is it going to be my turn? You have those moments. And then you get exhausted. Like, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm working hard. I'm working on myself. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to be open and date. I don't date. Mm. I don't date. And I do like somebody right now who I think is so cute, but um, they, I just, they just, I just met them. You know, I was just out and I just met them. So I think that you should ask God for your mate. Ask God for your soul mate and then leave it alone. Don't keep asking him every day. 
Because that's my because that's my thing too. Because I've been praying for many a year, and I and I understand <laughs> a little. I understand to an extent why I'm single right now because there are a lot of things. If I had a family over the years, I wouldn't have been able to do accomplish many of the things I have been able to. But that's the other thing. Some people say you gotta hasten to the throne. You gotta keep asking the Lord. And some people say, hey, you ask for it, you sit in it, you believe it. Maybe you write it down and you let it go. So and it's you interesting it you have that. You have that. It's, it's the letting go part is tough because there's reminders all around you that say, well, well, girl, you're by yourself over here. But again, no, but you're not really by yourself because, and we have standards. Yeah. But what I must say is that there's no perfect man. Yeah. So if you find a man out of 10 things, he has seven or eight of them, you're doing good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Things that you can live with because you'll never meet a perfect man, but you can teach a man how to treat you. Mm. You can mold him into what you need him to be. Because men are like little boys. They really <laughs> are like little boys. And they want to be loved and they want to be understood. But they yeah. really are little babies. They really are. We they love really you guys, are. but she she she's speaking some truth right now. Like that's yeah, that's, we that's love, true. I love, I would not, I love black men. I only want to be with a black man. I'm Same. attracted to black men. You know, there's nothing like a black man, a beautiful, and I like them dark. I like dark. Me too, men. with a nice yes. smile. Yes, <laughs> I like dark, beautiful chocolate men, I do. So when, when Stephanie Mills has a crush, how does a man typically act when he knows, like, okay, Stephanie Mills is feeling me, I like her. How does that go from there? Because you're you, like, or is it just normal? They don't believe me. What? They don't believe that I, I like them. You know, I could say, oh, I think you're cute. I like you. They don't believe me. And they don't, men don't come after me. Like, I kind of have to say, okay, here I am. And I like you. You can call me if you want. And they won't, you know, they, they I don't know what it is. They, you know, but, but see, I'm a, I'm a round away girl at heart. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I need a man that has that, that edge, that, you know, yeah. like I, cause I'm a strong personality and I'm a dominant personality. So I need a man that's like, Hey, who you think you're talking to? I need that kind of man. Yes. It's funny. Like, you know, we in different generations, but we got a lot of similarities because I feel like <laughs> it's the same. And I think some men, even though we're not trying to put off a certain level of like, don't bother me unless you got it all going on are intimidated and it's interesting because like you i'm just like i'm just out here i think you're nice why don't you say anything this is weird right. and many so of them don't say them? anything even when they really want to it's it's weird so i think you have to say something you say oh yes i'm getting saying. better i think you're handsome I, I think you're cute let's go to lunch and then go to lunch and you know that's what i do when they don't move because some of them move too damn slow and i'm like <laughs> You know, come on, wrap it up a little bit. You know, so I'll say, let's go to lunch or take me to lunch. Or I want to go, or I want to see you. Yeah. And I'm, I'm learning that, you know, in my 20s, I was a little more prideful. It was, he needs to ask me out and he needs to do this. And now it's like, let's, it, it's okay for me to initiate. So it's, I'm glad you said that because that is a lesson I've had to learn over the years. I think I've, yes. I've kind of cut myself off at the knees because I wasn't more assertive with just saying what I wanted. Because yes. I thought I was out of my out of place, and he should be doing this. But we're in no, we're no, such no, a different no, no. time. No, you have to tell them they don't know. They don't have a clue. Trust <laughs> and believe. They don't have a clue. And you have to tell them what kind of relationship you want. You don't have time to waste. You know what I'm saying? You don't yeah. have two, three years to give this person time to figure out whether he wants you or not. Trust and believe. In the first six months to a year, a man knows whether he wants you or not. I agree with that. He knows whether he wants to, and don't play house. <laughs> don't play house. <laughs> if you want to be a wife, be a wife. You not know, I don't believe in, I really don't believe in living together. I don't. Yeah, because I, don't, I feel yeah. like, I, I feel like if he loves you, I mean, of course you spend time together, whatever, yeah. you know, grown folks do. But I don't believe in living together. I don't believe, because you're giving the milk for free. Why yeah. should he marry you? You give it. And my mother always said that, Cookie, don't give a man the milk for free. I've been married three times. 
So I don't give the milk for free. Mm -mm. What's the biggest lesson marriage has taught you? Oh my God. In my early marriages, I was not patient because I made my own money. I could take care of myself. So I felt like I didn't have to take a lot, you know? Mm. And, but my last, my last uh, marriage to Michael Saunders, who was a, a, a program director, he really tried to be a, a good husband. And I, uh, I messed that marriage up, but it taught me I needed to learn patience. I needed to not be a brat. I was really bratty. Oh, well, I'll, I could do it myself. You know, I, I really have to, I really had to learn to be patient with other people's feelings, with the man's feelings. You wow. know, yeah. I wasn't so patient with the man's feelings. And I think that I'm in a great place now to be able to say, I'm sorry, I did that. I didn't mean to do it, you know, and not feel like I'm, Oh, giving in because there is yeah. give and take. There is give and take, and men love love. They, they one thing I did learn: men don't like to argue, and they don't like confrontation a lot. They can't really handle because we have we got that mouth, that tongue. They can't <laughs> handle that, you know. So I learned that you have to pick your pick your things that you don't like and do like. Wow, and, and what it's often difficult to kind of accept responsibility when things don't work out in a relationship with your last marriage in particular, when did you get to the point where you could own the part that you played in it, not working? Oh, immediately, immediately, wow. immediately. I, 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 yeah, immediately I could, I owned up to, and we had a great divorce. I mean, we were friends. I never tried to hurt. And I don't believe in that. I don't believe it, that, that, you got to be mad and stuff because you got to remember you love that person. Yeah. You married that person. So why do you hit Michael and I had a, a, a very amicable uh, divorce. Wow. Well, everybody who's in, who's in, you know, trying to work it out or maybe it didn't work out. Those are wise words. Always yes. remember the same person yes. you hate now is the same person you loved before. So you loved and yeah. you married. So, yeah. you know, you got to get, we, sometimes we can be petty. Sometimes we can stand in our own way. But I think it's better to take a moment and think about, you know, do I really want to do this? Do I really want to hurt his feelings? Do I really want to bring this up and argue about it? Is it, because look at, we, we're in a pandemic. We can't do nothing. Yeah. So what does it matter? Like this time has really taught me, we don't have time to be arguing and fighting over petty things. We really don't. Even though we're human and women are who they are, but I really have learned that, you know, we, we don't have time. I want right. to just love and be happy and, and, you know, live my life. Amen to that. So as you live your life, what are some things that everybody can expect? We got the book. Anything else that folks can expect from Stephanie Mills as we move into 2021? A new single that I'm working on. I'll probably finish in January. And uh, we're putting like, we're going to revise the show and I'm designing with, along with a gentleman, some new costumes and things. So I'm excited about the new year. Whenever it starts, trust and believe our show is going to be ready and tight. And I'm going to be ready for everybody to come out and see, see me and sing my heart out to them. Well, I'm excited. I hope I can catch one of these shows. I hope this COVID oh, you calms will. down. You, even, I if you have, even if I have to fly you out. I, I have Hang to, out. like, I, I need people to know. I am a huge, and have been for many moons, a huge Stephanie Mills fan, just off rip. So y'all, and y'all have to understand this. When I booked you for Sister Circle, that was like bucket list type stuff for me. Like I was super excited. So, you and know, you I'm great. And you were so nice to me too. Because you're you. Know, you. <laughs> no, but sometimes you can come to those shows and they're rude. You know, and they, but you were so nice. I felt really welcomed. You're a legend. It's a respect. You respect those that have paved the way. Well, I don't know you about that legend it. stuff, but you I know are. I've been around for a you're living to, you're a living legend. Why, why do you, why do you re reject the legend part of it? I don't know. I just, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just do what I do and I love what I do, you know, and, and I only, and really, I'm only doing interviews with people that I like. Yay!
I feel so special. <laughs> I'm just saying anybody that I, at 34 years old in 2020, if I'm jamming to uh, I feel good all over, like it just came out yesterday, that's living legend status right there. Oh, thank I'm you. I'm just saying. I'm just thank saying. You. <laughs> well, Stephanie Mills, I love you. I'm so grateful for the time. I thank you and uh, praying for you and, and your son and all the best as we move into the holidays. And I know I'll talk to you again soon, but thank you for oh, joining yes. me. You thank you. Be safe. And I will send that book to you. Don't forget to send me your Yay. I will. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Thanks for listening. This is Just a Thought, hosted and produced by Sheree Nicole in association with Sheree Nicole Media and the Say It Loud Podcast Network. In addition to Apple Podcasts, Just a Thought is also available right now on Stitcher. And make sure that you subscribe and rate us and also tell a friend. You can follow the Just a Thought Podcast on Instagram at Just a Thought Show and on Twitter at Just a Thought Win. That's W I N. You can also follow me, Sheree Nicole, on Instagram and Twitter, same handle, Sheree underscore Nicole, S H A R I underscore N Y C O L E. Say It Loud Podcast Network, where black and brown voices truly matter. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.